Uh, welcome to the Man Talk To podcast. This is your host, Lee. We got Rick over here. I can actually point this time because we are in person. <laughs> We're not doing it virtual. To my right, your left, Brian Bush. And we'll, we'll discuss him later. But I'm just letting you know he's in the building. And we'll figure out what's going on with him in just a second. On my far, far right, not that far right, but my right, that's Mr. Lane over there, Miss T.T., I'm gonna give you a nickname already. Just give you Miss T.T. That's your nickname, Miss T.T. I'll take it. All right. So today we 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 well let me let me start out by saying this. Um, we like to promote excellence in this any kind of form. It don't matter what color you are, what race you are. We like to perform uh, uh, present excellence to you. So. What we're gonna do today, and and I'm, this is a going going thing anyway. So why is this in the news? I'm gonna put you in on this too, so you okay. can do some little comments too. So why is this in the news? So y'all know Justice. Well, I know she's a she's a justice. No, she's a judge. Judge. What ju- do they call him? Justice. Well, okay, she's a judge. judge now. The, she's a judge. Okay, Judge Katanji Jackson Brown, first African American lady to be appointed by a president to sit on the Supreme Court of the United States. This is the first time this has ever happened. We are promoting and we shooting out and shouting out to Katanji Jackson-Brown. Uh, she will be the first of four women that's actually sitting on the court at the same time, that's which is huge. Yep. Hey, they was giving her hell on them questions, too. Right. They were, I was, was like, damn. They was going in, yeah. and and of course it was the the vote from my understanding that I just got through reading. It's going to be a, a, according to party lines. So most, all the Republicans going to vote one way, and all the Democrats going to vote one way. You got a few that's going to come bipartisan. They're going to reach across the aisle and say, "Yeah, she's good to go." Um, we shoot, we we shouting out to her today because uh, this is the first in my lifetime to actually see this happening. Just like uh, Barack Obama, first time in my lifetime to see a black president. This is not about color. Let me say that again. This is not about color. It's about pioneering being that person that breaks the proverbial glass ceiling to be the first to do it and make history, which is what we're talking about now. That's why this is in the news. Now, of course, she went through all of the Senate confirmation hearings and got railroaded and drugged through and talked about and all that stuff according to party lines if you look at the hearings all the democrats was like hey we're glad to have you here you are an actual judge that actually sat on some cases and actually unlike some other people who we gonna remain nameless that has no actual sitting in front of a jury judge defended the whole nine she's actually done that she's got history so my shout out to them is that, hey, look, we actually got some people that actually know what the law is, that can actually interpret the law. You can't do no more than what the Senate and the, the Congress actually makes you, do, uh, as far as passing law is concerned. If they pass the law, that's it. You can't go over and beyond the law. I mean, you could, but it would be unfair to some extent. Because I've seen I've, and heard of some judges that's, that, that took the – sentencing off the thing and, and made it more than what the jury came out to be. That's happened before too. Cause they didn't feel it was a just sentencing. So once again, shout out to Katanji 
Jackson Brown for being the first and only African-American female to, and the way it's looking, it's going to be a quick confirmation because they're they going to do the vote, I think, Monday, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. Um, like I said, they're going to vote called party, party lines, Republicans, Democrats, they're going to do their thing. It, it would be remiss for me to say that somebody, actually a, a whole group of Republicans, actually step over the party lines and say, yeah, let's go ahead and push her through. That's not the way it goes. If you look back at every Senate confirmation and every confirmation as far as the judge is concerned, it's always been according to party lines. You might have a few that they break rank, but in the end, it always comes down to party lines. So with that being said, that's why that is in the news, and that's what we're talking about today. So let's keep it moving. So now, welcome to the show, Mr. Brian Bush. And Mr. Brian Bush is going to tell us all about himself and uh, – Run that man. Let's 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 just let's talk. Let's just talk. Absolutely, Willie uh, T T. Well, thanks for having me again. My name is Brian Bush. I am running for Chattanooga City Court Judge, uh, Division One. Born and raised in Chattanooga, okay. over in the Brainerd area. Uh, went up to uh, undergrad at Maryville College. I went to grad school, law school at UT. Uh, came right back down because this is home to me. Right. Uh, me and my wife came back down. I wanted to serve immediately. Um, so when I first got back to Chattanooga, I actually started off working in a nonprofit called House of Refuge. Okay. And we did alternative sentencing for nonviolent offenders. Okay. So as opposed to them going to prison, uh, we would find a place for them to work, a place for them to stay, really a sense of, of stability for the first time in many of their lives. Mm -hmm. And you think about it, these are 40-plus-year-old men. Right. Um, uh, from there, I became a prosecutor. I did violent crimes and felonies, so the robberies, murders, things like that. Um, so I've seen on both sides how we can use our law innovatively mm -hmm. to actually improve lives in the nonprofit sector. And alternatively, I've seen what can happen if we don't do enough to prevent crime, if we don't provide people with the resources that prevent them from going down a path of crime, from committing robberies, because, you know, largely crime is driven by a lack of resources. True. Um, and so now I do corporate defense work at a firm called Spears Moore. So we represent a lot of companies here, and I take on the occasional criminal defense case. And so what I've seen is that, you know, through my experience as a nonprofit prosecutor and now in the defense world, is where do people get caught up most in our, in our justice system, mm. in our legal system? Mm. And obviously that starts at the, the lowest court we have. That's mm -hmm. actually in city court. Mm -hmm. uh, it's where you get caught with the most court costs and fines. Um, those things start to accumulate. You can't pay them off. You lose your license. You can't drive. You can't provide for yourself or your family. This continues. You know, that cycle continues you still can't pay it, so you might get your license revoked, and you still drive. So now you got driving without a license. You find yourself in Sessions Court. The court costs from city court did not go away. So now you have court costs from city court and from Sessions Court. The domino effect. Domino, and you find yourself 10 to 20 years later still caught up in thousands of dollars in court cost debt. So, Lee, I, add, you know, I tell people, so what do you do to, to try to remedy that issue? Well, you run for city court judge. So that's why I'm here. It makes sense. Yeah. It makes sense. I, I, I like it. So for you, you're, you're doing it more for service for, for the people. A absolutely. It is not for me. You know, I always tell people, and I'm also in the military, so I'm an intel officer in the Navy. I'm a lawyer. If it was just about me, I would sell off somewhere and just be hanging out. Me and my wife would just be, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, we could be doing a lot. But, no, I really want to commit myself to service. Um, I think that's what it's about. You know, I'm, I'm a big believer in if you've get, been given an opportunity in life to excel, to do well, 
you owe it to the people who helped you out. You owe it to the city, the place that you came from to actually give back, to actually contribute and make sure other people have the same opportunities that you do. So with the right. with a law degree, you could have went pretty much anywhere. What I, made you decide to come back home? Because a lot of people, you, you know, let's be honest, a lot of people that come from where we come from, yep. they come up and they leave. Yep. I wanted to come back. I knew that from the beginning. You know, a lot of folks out of my, even out of my law school class, they go to Atlanta, they go to Nashville. I uh, got a couple who went out to California. I said, I'm going back to Chattanooga. That's why I knew from the beginning that's where I wanted to go. Did they look uh, at you crazy like, Chattanooga? I'm going back to Chattanooga. That's where I'm from. That's where I'm from. You know, you, you, you grow where you are planted, right? True. You don't have to that's get true. up and uproot and take yourself somewhere else. True. Chattanooga made me. I am a son of Chattanooga. That's where my talent was home. Mm-hmm. That's the people that cared for me. Those are the people. These are the people I care for. I speak like I'm not standing like right here did, in yeah. Chattanooga. <laughs> um, and so why not come back? Why not come back and make sure that the people coming behind me are able to do the same things that I do? So let me ask this, since you're running for, is it city court? City, city court, court judge. judge. And city court judge deals with? Uh, Low-level offenses, so anything from trespassing, uh, traffic citations, property issues, really the non-criminal issues in in Chattanooga. So you know a little bit about uh, Judge Walter Williams. I do. And his (laughs) unique way of of throwing out sentences as far as, I guess, I don't know if you want to call it punishment, but, you know, (laughs) some stuff, it, it, it needs to be done, like, you can't come into court with your pants sagging and, yes. and, and the ties and the, and the dress appropriately and all that stuff. Is this stuff going to continue under your reign as far as if not, – I'm not going to say if. When you are elected, sure. does that still go on? Uh, you know, I'm not too much concerned with that stuff. You know, I'm running a people-first campaign, and when I say that, I mean I want to do what's best for the people of Chattanooga, and a lot of this stuff is superficial. Mm-hmm. You know, the way you come into court, unless you are just – just obnoxious. It has to be just <laughs> over the top. You know, I don't really care too much. I understand. And when you come into court, you have, you have to think about who's coming into our courts mostly, from the city court level to the criminal court level. It is the most marginalized people in our community. Good point. These people are already struggling. Why do I care what you have on when you come into court? Right. Makes sense. I, I agree. So, speaking of Walter Williams, and, and let me ask a little bit more about role models. Mm hmm. Uh, this is your first time doing this, right? First time. So did you have anybody that you looked up to as far as being a, role, a better judge or a role model for a judge? Yeah, you know, I, I don't. Uh, and I say that because okay. I, well, not, not as far as the judge goes because I, I didn't, you know, I'm the first lawyer in my family. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. So I have no idea. I didn't know what lawyers did uh, before I became a lawyer. I went to law school. It was one of those things is I'm kind of – you know, as far as my family is concerned, the people I know directly, I'm really charting my own path here. Okay. So I never looked, you know, as a teenager saying, I want to be like that guy. Okay. I didn't know any judges. I didn't know any, you know, my sister was the first one to graduate from college, and I was the second. So. Okay, okay. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. First in the family. I, yeah. That's good. Yeah. That, that's, that's, I guess you want to call pioneering and, and glass breaking for proverbial ceiling also in the right. family. Uh Thank you. Yeah, he gonna edit that out, I guess. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, it'd be all right. We all natural. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So you saying as far as people coming in your court or will be coming into your court, mm-hmm. the the lower marginalized, um, I ain't gonna say bottom of the bottom, but you know, people who are not well off. Yeah. Let me put it that way. Yep. So let's talk about diversity in the court. Since since that has 
been equated to us yes. coming into court. We always right. look as though we don't have money and we, we can't do this because of this, that, and the other. So do you give them a fair shot or do you treat them any different? Do you, how, do, how does that work? Because, you know, the law is not built. I'm, I'm, the law is not built for people to go to court without a lawyer. We, we discussed that and, and talked about that last week on the child support deal. Yep. Yep. So, dude went to court, got thrown in jail. I'm, I'm just mm-hmm. reverting back to this. So he come to court the next time with a lawyer who volunteered, and she, he didn't go to jail this time. So, we know you have to have a lawyer. Should you? Well, I'm going to add on in addition to the sure. question. Should you have a lawyer for a simple traffic offense? I think you should have a lawyer anytime you enter a courtroom. Mm. But what I will say is that city court largely does not operate with lawyers. Okay. Uh, it is truly just the judge and against a, a citizen, mm-hmm. you know, a citizen who's unrepresented. Mm-hmm. And I say that because that that's what makes it so important to have someone on the bench who understands marginalized communities, mm-hmm. um, who's actually worked directly with marginalized communities like I have, who mm-hmm. understands the, the circumstances that go behind somebody not driving with a license, not being able to get insurance, things like that, uh, not being able to keep up with their property because it's hard to. You know, these, these sorts of things mm-hmm. that disproportionately affect people who always have other issues going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think... My answer to your first question is I always think you should probably have a lawyer going into court. Okay. But lawyers are expensive. Lawyers are very expensive <laughs> in proportion to a uh, traffic court, which is, you know, if you come into city court or a property court, whatever you want to call it. Right. Um, but I say that to say is from the bench, I should be able to look at a defendant or somebody who's been uh, given a citation and say, I get it. I get it. You know, I know what I need to do here. You don't have to have a lawyer because I'm not going to railroad you. I know your circumstance. I'm with you. I understand. This is how we're going to do this to meet the needs of the law, to meet the needs of you, and to meet the needs of the community. So that was my next question. How do you sit on the bench and, and, and be that guy yep. that enforces the law but know when to pull up? Because mm-hmm. it's a lot of people out there that be like, man, I, and I'm one of them, to be honest. I hate going to court. Yeah, I do too. It's it's a pain. It's it's you got to sit there and wait hours on end. Yes, you missing time at work. You got to if you found guilty or you, you found innocent. Let's go found guilty. You got to pay court costs. You got to get this done. You got to get this done. All this stuff is is like you saying detracting from your livelihood, and it, it and it leaves a bad taste in your mouth to be honest. Mm-hmm. Which is why I'm I'm the one of the guys that hate going to court. I'm trying to do everything I can not to go back to court. Which I think everybody should do, but you know, yeah. I mean, we we slip up every once in a yeah. while. Uh, but I get it. So you're a nonpartisan. I am nonpartisan. So you're not affected by Democrat or Republican in the city. Uh, nobody's in your pocket saying, "Hey, you got to do this, that, and other, other, this, other, and that." Nope. Uh, which I think is a good thing when it comes to inf- not well, not enforcing the law, but Interpreting the law. Yeah. Because there's no way you can get pulled one way or another as far as, you know, hey, this, we, 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 we're making a ruling because mm-hmm. the Democrats or remove, making a ruling because of the Republicans and yep. they conservative and they liberal and all this sort of stuff. That yep. sh- it shouldn't factor in. Oh, it shouldn't at all. Exactly. Which, well, referring back to Katanji Brown, we had that issue going on as far as, you know, one side saying, She's light on crime. She's light on this, and she don't enforce the law on this and this, that, and other. 
And on the other end, you got these guys over here saying, yes, yeah, you do, because that's what we set up to do. That's it. You can't do no more than what we allow to do because we voted the law on the books. Right. So with that being said, how can I put this? How do you I'm, – I'm trying to word it right so I won't sound stupid when I say it. <laughs> How do you make a just ruling on – well, let me, let, me, let me go back to okay. – let's, let's go back to the 88 days because okay. you, you've seen it all as far as the murder and the, so forth and so on. Yep. And then you was, I guess, nonpartisan as well. Mm-hmm. You had no, no issue with that. But how did you, how did you decide, hey – this guy needs got the the book should be thrown clearly over the wall, beyond the field, at him versus hey this guy got you know caught up in some stuff. How do you determine that as far as that guy? Sure. Again, that's another issue of discretion. You have to look at a person's history, mm-hmm. what it does. You, you, these are three things I considered as a DA uh, okay. when I was uh, thinking about sentencing or offers to make to for plea agreements. The victim, the law. And the person, well, and the needs of the community. So mm-hmm. four things, um, and that might vary from person to person, right? So they might have somebody with a history of violence, you mm-hmm. know, or a history of domestic violence, who's beaten on the wife or the girlfriend for mm-hmm. years on end. They come before the court on a fourth, or excuse me, even a second or third domestic violence yeah. incident, and you need to go to prison. Yeah, you need to go to prison. You, that is not meeting the needs of the victim, uh, your spouse. That's not meeting the needs of the community. That violates us all. Mm-hmm. Alternatively, there might be someone who comes in with minor drug possession. Mm-hmm. Our jails are full of people who are in custody for minor drug possession. You do not need to be in jail for minor drug possession. You know, I will reiterate that on every show and thing <laughs> I do. That is a waste of taxpayer money. Right. It's a waste of money. Um, our jails are meant to house violent criminals. Okay. Anything short of that is not good for the person in custody. You mm-hmm. aren't getting better when you're in custody. Mm-hmm. You aren't able to provide for yourself while you're in custody. In fact, taxpayers are providing for you while you're in custody. Once you get out, um, you are behind uh, economically, so it's not good for our community and our local economy if yep. you're in custody. It's not good for your family. Kids can't be raised while you're in custody. All these things are ripple effects of people being in custody. Okay. And I say that, and in addition, you think about just a felony, you know, just putting somebody in, in, court, in judge, uh, jail for a felony or giving them a felony. What happens when you get a felony and you get out? You might be free. But it determines where you can live, where you can work, where your kids can go to school, all these things as a result of a felony conviction mm-hmm. or drug possession. So let, let me tack, jump in on this one, too, as far as the felony conviction is concerned, because we are disproportionately thrown in jail. I'm saying we as in black males mm-hmm. for minor stuff like we Marijuana offense. possession. Yeah. Is there a way for us to change that? The legislature. It's a Tennessee legislature issue. Uh, County by county, the DA can choose if they want to enforce those kinds of laws. The DA, uh, the local law enforcement can choose. But it's ultimately a legislature issue. So we need to be talking to the House of Representatives in Nashville. Yes. So all y'all need to be checking that out. Yeah. If you don't want to get caught up in some judge stuff, in some jail stuff, with some minor weed, a joint, a blunt, whatever you want to call it, you might want to get to your uh, congressperson up in uh, Nashville yeah. and have him uh, rewrite that law. So let, let me ask you this. Um, since you brought up the legisl- legislature thing, um, a lot of us only vote in the presidential election. 
not realizing that's the one that really affects us the least. Like, and yeah. I'm I'm guilty of this. Yeah. Like, um, meeting Lee, talking to Lee, he's got me big on it. And then you know, working with um, with your people, Carly, yep. and all them, like really getting to meet a lot of the candidates that are running for right. offices. And it's got me, you know, like man, I really need to get on get on this. Why? Why do you think we don't vote in the local elections? And what what is your opinion on why is it important? Yeah, I think people don't vote in local elections because it isn't sexy. It doesn't get a lot of TV time. Who's sure. gonna, who who's going to be the next you know county mayor? Who's going to be the next city sure. council person? You won't hear about that. You know, even at a time when local elections are going on, you still hear about Joe Biden or Donald Trump or whoever's running right, at the time. Right. Um, so that's one reason. Why do I think it's important? Who determines what jobs come into your community? Your, your, your county commissioner. Your yeah. county commissioner. Uh, who determines, you know, whether that pothole on your street gets fixed? Your city council person. Yep. Uh, who determines how your schools are being operated? Your school board members. Yep. Who, these are all issues that directly affect you and your family every single day. There are very few things that I can think about that I can cite to the presidency doing for me on a day-to-day basis. You know, we think, you know, and I'm in the military, and I think about, you know, foreign yeah. policy, maybe? Right. Yeah, sure. Uh, not, not, if, you're not, if you're not directly affected by that, most of us aren't. Who cares? But we all care about the job growth in Chattanooga. We mm-hmm. all care about the education in Chattanooga. We all care about crime in Chattanooga. Mm-hmm. These things are controlled and affected by the people that you directly choose. There's no electoral college for Chattanooga and Hamilton County nope. politics. Your vote actually counts one by one. You could be the determining factor in a vote. And that's how I convey it to people. I say your vote can actually matter. If it's a, a 999 to 999, if you cast your vote, you can make it 1,000 to 999. Yep. It counts. And I'm, I'm the person that don't vote when it comes to judges and mm-hmm. mayors and all that. And, and, and it wasn't until I moved to Cleveland and then I stopped. Yeah. Because to me, from Chattanooga to Cleveland, it just got more corrupt. <laughs> and and I'm like, I can't vote for people that's not for the people. And basically, like I said, once I moved up there, it was nothing to me. And it's still not. Yeah. But once I was, when I stayed in Chattanooga, I voted. I voted on the mayor. I voted on this uh, chief. I voted on everything. But like I say, it's, it's a deterrent from Chattanooga to Cleveland and everything is biased and I know it's important to vote for the judges and stuff like that but it's hard because you really don't know you know what their real intentions are Mm -hmm. as far as being um, you know treating everybody the same Right. Yeah. So I am. I, I, I don't anymore. But if I move at Chattanooga. <laughs> <laughs> if I move, if and when I move to Chattanooga. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you ain't coming back down here. It's getting too expensive down here. Oh, no, it's too expensive. If you, yeah. if you ain't got a place now, it ain't even. Yeah. yeah it's true. It's true. Yeah, yeah it ain't killing. Uh, 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 so let's see. So we covered disenfranchisement. We covered 
you being for the people. Let, let's let's just tell us about you as a, as a person, or actually, yeah, let's just tell about you as a person because I think we didn't get the press kit. Let me go ahead yeah. and say that out there. <laughs> okay. now. We we have no clue <laughs> who knows you besides us four and the people you walked on and knocked on doors and said, "Hey, I'm running for." City gov- city government. Yeah, I mean, my whole family lives in Chattanooga. So uh, there you go, y'all. Yeah. yeah. First off, she, he lived in Chattanooga. Yeah. Lived he left right. and came back. That's yeah. that's one thing. Yeah. So he's other people. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Whole family still lives in Chattanooga. Um, my friends just about live in Chattanooga. A couple of them moved away, uh, as we talked about at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, so you know, I, me, I, I hang out in Chattanooga. I don't do much these days. There's not much you Ain't can do when you're running for office. Yeah. Um, not much you can do if you're not running for office. Unless. <laughs> 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 Yeah, <laughs> doesn't make a difference. Uh, I'm married, uh, no kids. Okay. Um, yeah, I told you I'm in the military. Right. I come from a military family, largely. Um, you know, that's that's me. We just my, me and my wife just like to hang out. Sweet. Right. So, how hard was it for you? With you went to Brainerd, so I'm mm-hmm. sure a lot of your friends predominantly black. So I went to I went to David Brainerd. So hey, it was oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. I was like, wait a minute, I don't know okay. he come yeah. out of Brainerd. Yeah. I, was, yeah. I came out of Brainerd. You lived in the Brainerd area. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So so a lot of your friends predominantly black. Yes. People you grew up with predominantly black. Yeah. How did how hard was that for you? Um, like, did anybody give you any? Grief did they talk crazy to you when no. you said I'm going to be a lawyer? No, a lawyer. So, okay. a no, DA. right. Yeah, no. So that's the thing, man. I, my friends support. <laughs> I got some, I got a supportive group of folks around me, okay. uh, which is good, and it's even funny. So I, you know, I went to David Brainerd. It was a private school growing up. So I would grow up in Brainerd. You know, we go to school at private school, come right back, and it made no difference. You know, because you know it is it, it is what it is. Uh, your parents send you where they send you to go to school. They want better for you, uh, and that was just it. And so nobody looked at me like, oh, he a DA. In fact, my homeboys are like, oh, that's kind of cool. <laughs> you know, it's kind of that's kind of cool because they knew I was fair. You know they they yeah. knew I'm not going to be uh, a DA who's trying to lock everybody up. And I lived by that, man. I lived by what I consider ethical prosecution. Where again, you're looking at the circumstances that led somebody to be in court that mm-hmm. day, um to lead them to do the things that they did, uh to commit the crimes that they may have committed. So that's how I thought about prosecution. And so nobody looked at me and said, "Oh, he don't, you know, he's going to be doing crazy stuff." Nobody <laughs> expected that from me. And I think that's the reason why nobody expects that from me as a judge. You know, I got a lot of support uh, for this judgeship is because people know I'm fair. Uh, my colleagues at the courthouse know I'm fair. Uh, people in the community know I'm fair. Uh, they recognize that he is just going to be straight. You know, he's going to do what's best for the people. And we just noticed, well, I just noticed, I'm just, I ain't going to say it, we, we just got picked up by the uh, fire department. I did. Uh, as a sponsor. Yep. Okay. Uh, you want to? Some other shots out there as far as yeah, uh, endorsed by the fire, uh, Chattanooga Firefighters Association, uh, Real Justice PAC, uh, endorsed me, which is a national organization ran by Sean King. Um, they are you know, for progressive policies, uh, in mass incarceration, things like that. So, I'm very proud of that endorsement, um, because they endorse a lot of huge people, you know. Uh, some other pi- uh, endorsements come down the pipeline from national organizations uh, because they are catching on to the message, and I think that's important. There's a lot of eyes on this race. There's a lot of eyes on Chattanooga, um, and I think we've brought that here. And I, you know, I'm not to say that I'm, you know, I'm just the just out the person out front running it. Yeah. But these ideas have been circulating a lot, and I'm glad I'm being able to be the one who bring them to the forefront to actually put them into action. And I'm glad we're getting the attention we're getting on Chattanooga. Because ultimately, that means the person who comes behind me in a few years and wants mm-hmm. to run on similar policies, they will already have a foothold and some some uh, some grass growing where those seeds are planted. And the door's always open. Yep. Yeah. It's actually been kicked open. Yep. So you are the second African-American? I'll be the second. All right. I will be the That's second here in Chattanooga. Walter Williams is first. Yep. 
Oh, no, there was uh, John Milliken. Oh, yes, right. John that's Milliken, right. and then I'll be the third. Third, yeah, third. third. Okay, there we go. I was like, second or third, somewhere yeah. around. I, was, yeah. I read that somewhere. I was like, okay, all right, we, yeah. we, 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 we're getting some representation up yeah. in there, which yeah. is what we need. Yes, yes. Well, fun fact, I say this just about everywhere. Uh, to my understanding, there is only one black judge in East Tennessee, so Nashville onward to the tip of Tennessee, Johnson City. Good luck. There's one black judge. You want to know who that black judge is? You can probably guess. What black judge do you know? Walter Williams. That's the one I know. Now. The current one? Yeah. Oh, I don't know the current yeah. one. Gerald Webb. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I forgot <laughs> about him. <laughs> he is, he's yeah. the only black judge in East Tennessee, to my knowledge. Wow. That's crazy. And, wow. And, and, and it's right here in the city. Right here yeah. in the city. Right so the city, we will have yeah. two of the black judges in East Tennessee mm-hmm. right here in Chattanooga. And, and I'm going to leave, like, my, my first day meeting Brian, I, I had to tell him I was like, thank you, because – I know as as a black man how hard it is going into law and yep. you know because especially if you decided to do it young because all your friends are like uh let's not do and we need yep. more representation yep. the only way we can get things changed is by infiltration for representation that's exactly right so all these people that you know be like oh elf the police and all this and that raise our kids to hate the police no raise your kids to be a police a lawyer a judge because then you can affect change right? because, and I use this example, and I think I, I told you mm-hmm. this when we met, um, my brother-in-law is a Chattanooga city police officer. Yep. Um, he pulled a, He told me a story. He pulled a guy over, driving no license, yep. like what you talked about earlier, <laughs> um, and I think his license was because of child support payments. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. But he was, you know, like he was coming from work. And, like, dude was sitting there crying and everything. And, and my brother-in-law let him go was like, look, man, I need you to get that took care of. If I see you again, I'm going to have to take you to jail. I can't catch you twice. Right. But I'm going to let, you know, like, I just, you know, me locking you up is not going to do anything to help right. you right now. He was like, if anything, that's going to make you lose, probably make you lose your job, yep. get further behind on your child support, and then add more bills before you can even get your license. Yep. He was yep. like, you know, I need you to try to get that took care of because I cannot catch you again. Yep. And, and, you know, we need people like that. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, it has to be from people that, that look like us because they understand where we come from. Right. Correct. You know, the struggles that we go through. And, and we, we need more of that. Yep. I agree. Yeah, yep, uh, 100%. So this is an interview. So, you know, most interviews at Holidays have, always have the whole – What's your greatest strength and your weaknesses and stuff? So we're going to put that to you. Okay. Greatest strength <laughs> and weakness as far as you being either a lawyer or going into judgeship. Sure. Uh, my greatest strength, I would say, is understanding. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty empathic in that way that I can kind of sense uh, and put myself in other people's position, mm-hmm. uh, even though even if I have not been there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that works well with me and as far as being a lawyer is concerned because – a lot of the people you represent are going to come from backgrounds that you have no idea, that you could not even fathom if you haven't lived them. Um, so you have to be actually willing to learn and understand people more. Uh, so I'd say that's my greatest strength. Uh, my greatest weakness, I think, going transitioning from being just an advocate to a lawyer mm-hmm. is switching from that role of uh, I'm protecting my client. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a, supposed to be a neutral umpire as a, as an, uh, excuse me, as a judge. As a judge, yeah. So switching roles in that way, I, I'm sure it'll be difficult. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure it's difficult for any uh, lawyer going from being an advocate to a judge. You got to make the transition. Uh, but I've thought about that hard. You know, how would that feel? Mm-hmm. Because that's one of my things that I'm passionate about and that I take pride in is that I represent people 
like it's me, like they're my family. Uh, right. And I, as you should, any, as any lawyer should. Correct. Um, so switching and saying, oh, now I just got to be an umpire. It's, it's hard. It might be hard. Yeah. True. I, I, I agree with that. So let me ask this on top of that. So let's say you on the bench, you hear in a case, be it traffic court or whatever, mm-hmm. and, and you know for a fact that this lawyer that's representing this guy is not doing his absolute best to get him. I'm not saying out of the case, but, you know, get it to a point where he can actually handle it. Sure. How do you address that from sitting on the bench? Yeah, that's difficult. Um, and because there, there are some rules of ethics that you have to, <laughs> that you have to kind of uh, balance on with that. When I can't, I can't pull the lawyer aside and you know have yeah. any kind of ex parte conversations with them. Mm, got it. It's hard. You know, that, that's just hard. <laughs> it you, is. Because it's not, it's not an easy answer to that. You right. can't say, hey, your lawyer's doing bad. Right. Announce it from the from No, you the can't bench. say it from the bench. I know <laughs> that for a fact. Yeah. Uh, but I, I've been to court, and yeah. I've seen some stuff. But I'm, I'm, let, me, let me change that. I've been to divorce court mm-hmm. and seen some judges say, hey, look, sir, you <laughs> might want to. Sure. You can, you can offer some guidance. Right. Yeah. Right. Nope. You just can't come out and say, hey. Hey, you're doing a horrible yeah, you're job. you're doing horrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This dude finna get all this time because yeah. of you. Yeah. You can't say that. Yeah. You know I, mean? I, I get that part. I was just trying, trying to figure out, do you, is there an actual way that you can actually relate it to somebody yeah, without yeah. getting in trouble? Sure. I mean, you, again, you can convey it from the bench lightly. Like, hey, have you thought about it? Have you considered Have you, you know, tried to do it a different way? Right. But that's the best you can do as a judge. Man. I, know, right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I always tell people, man, it is. I have faith in my colleagues. I have mm-hmm. faith in just about all of my colleagues. But what the general public, I think, does not realize about lawyers that it is a base level competence required to be a lawyer. Like you don't have to be outstanding. You don't have to get somebody out of a murder case. You just kind of have to be competent. Like, right. And that's yeah. scary, right? That is that's scary. 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 That is scary. <laughs> it's a lot of lawyers here in Tennessee, Chattanooga, and the surrounding areas. That ain't quite got that yet. But part of the problem, too, though, is a lot of people have, like, a public defender, and a lot of times the public defenders are overworked and underpaid. And that's the thing. You know, some of the best lawyers I've ever seen practice are public defenders. Um, Some of the best. But I will agree that they are overworked. And when you're overworked, you might have some cases where you just can't devote the adequate time to. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's unfortunate, you know. We don't put enough funding into, into, into defense, into public defense. Um, we should. We definitely should. We have the funds for it. But hmm. and, and who's responsible for that? Legislature. Okay. Legislature. <laughs> Just want y'all to know, and I'm going to keep saying this, when y'all send these folks to Nashville to represent you, make sure that they have your best interest at heart. I'm going to keep saying that. You have to go out and vote. Early voting starts April thirteenth, and that's for all them signs y'all see popping up all over the city. Yeah, all, over. all those people are, are running for office. Yep. Y'all can check them out on the internet. They got websites up. They got Instagrams. They got Facebook pages. All this stuff they got out there. There's no reason for nobody to not be involved in the local elections. Yep. When it, he said earlier, and like I'm telling everybody here, and I've been telling everybody, this stuff directly affects. You, yep. period. It don't matter about Joe Biden. Joe Biden, all he's doing is giving money to the states. 
and the states are regulating that money out to the counties exactly. and the cities. That's all he's doing. That's all the federal government do. They give out money to, to handle stuff like what we're trying to do now. That's it. Especially because here in the city, like, without naming names, everybody going to know. Like, you see all these people running ba- just based off of names. Mm-hmm. You know, name recognition. And I've seen three or four signs, people, same last name, running for different offices. And I'm just yeah. like, oh, I bet they're going to get elected just because, because of the just the name. Yeah. yeah. Just the name. Not just actually the name. doing the due diligence to go out and, re- and, and research these guys and find out what they, they practice and what they stance on and what their views are. None of that stuff matters. It's all about the name. Like, we, we talked about this a couple of podcasts ago, too. Go out and vote. I'm going to keep saying this, and I'm going to keep saying this, and I'm going to keep saying this, and I'm going to keep saying it over and over again. It matters to your pocketbook. Property taxes, Hamilton County mayor and the city mayor, they, they run that. They can increase it, decrease it. And all this stuff matters. So y'all, y'all, I'm telling everybody, go out and vote. Let's bring it even to a more you know, granular issue. We talk about affordable housing. We started off before we got uh-huh. started recording about how expensive it is. You know, Mayor Kelly just thought of, uh, announced this yep. you know, $100 million, million dollar, yep. uh, affordable housing initiative. Mm-hmm. There, you know, there are some outside forces that are affecting housing prices in Chattanooga. Mm-hmm. But the people who are actually going to solve the problem and help at least help solve the problem mm-hmm. are the people you directly vote for. Exactly. So it is truly every issue in your life mm-hmm. is affected by local politics. Whether you choose to vote or not. Exactly. Somebody's going to fill the role. Yep. Let's talk about low voter turnout. How does that affect you or any of the candidates, for that matter, as as far as getting you in office? Yeah. It's a big deal. Uh, We have 180,000 some odd people in Chattanooga, Mm -hmm. and the amount of voters, maybe 20,000 or so. Uh, <laughs> and that, that's well, a shame, yeah, right? Like you yeah. seem to look on my face, like yeah, like, yeah. That's, that's a shame. Uh, Twenty thousand people decide the fate of one hundred eighty thousand yeah. people. That, that's basically so. There's really a little bit more. That's probably about a, what twelve to thirteen percent. Yeah, I mean, that's that's out. low. It is very low. That's crazy. Wow. Very low. And these people again. One vote to one, like there's no electoral college. Mm. They directly decide what's going to happen for the remaining 160,000 people. Because mm-hmm. y'all don't go out and vote. I, I can say this all day long. Go vote, go vote, go vote, yeah, go vote. And whether you vote for me or for any you know, any candidate. Don't matter. Yeah. Just vote. Just Love. do it. Like make sure that your, <laughs> your future, your, the fate of your family is at least somewhat in your hands. Right. We, we just we just put a new chief in in the office for police chief. I mean, all this stuff, all this stuff matters. Mm-hmm. The and the reason why we put a new chief in because we just voted for Mr. Kelly. Yep, who made that decision to put the first African American woman in that seat. Who I understand is going to bring some progressive policies to Chattanooga. Police. Exactly. Much needed. Much needed. Yeah. And it's one of them, like, if, if you don't vote, you can't complain. No, you right. uh, you certainly cannot. And you can. You can you, complain. You, but I will, tell, I will remind you that you didn't vote. Exactly. <laughs> I, I'd rather you vote, and if your candidate didn't didn't get elected, and you complain, all right, cool, you, mm-hmm. did, you did your part. I can see, yeah. I can see what you're saying. Yep. But if you if you complaining about it and you didn't do your part. You have nothing to say. Yep. I, I'll usually walk away. That's, yeah. my, that's my response. I'll just walk away. Did you vote? No, I'm walking away. That's it. I don't listen to it. So you're going up against Patty. Chair Patty. Okay. Patty been in this thing since 2004. That's it. How do you feel 
running against somebody that has held office that long? I feel like we're doing the work. You know, I'm actually knocking on doors. We just finished canvassing before I got here. Uh, okay. And the doors I'm knocking on, they put signs in the yard mm -hmm. because they don't care about anybody's last name. Okay. Uh, they care about what you're going to bring to the city court. Uh, and I'm getting that across the city, whether that's from Lookout Valley to Brainerd. People do not care about last names. Right. And, in fact, you know, I, I, what I'm learning is, you know, the last name isn't that known these days. Mm -hmm. um, and the last time she ran was 2004. The name, her ex-mother-in-law is the you know, Selma, Katie, Selma Pash, Cash Patey or whatever mm -hmm. it was. Mm -hmm. You know, that name has kind of settled down. It's a generation lost, so a generation removed from that. Okay. So people, it's becoming less and less known. And so now she's just having to run as, and I'm having to run as Brian Bush, mm -hmm. who wants to do this, and she's just having to run as Sherry Patey, who's done what she's done. Okay. Yeah, and I sort of noticed that. Like, she's really not even putting out a big effort because she's done it for so long. Mm -hmm. So it just seems like, you know, I'm like, I hope that, you know, he's in this thing and he's going to get her around for her money. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's time for a new person to yeah. take mm -hmm. that seat over. You, yeah. you do polls? We do not. So, we, you know, we do the S1 data just from phone calls. Okay. We ask the general questions. Did you know it was a city court election going home? A lot of people say, no, no I had no idea. No clue. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, the next question is, have you heard the name Brian Bush? Oh, I've seen a sign. You know, mm -hmm. my neighbor's got a sign in the yard. Okay. Well, tell, you tell them about yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, how likely are you to vote for him? And these days, you know, at the beginning, it was started off, eh, maybe I'll look into it. Mm -hmm. What we're hearing now is, oh, yeah, absolutely, 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 absolutely. We get more and more of that. So Sweet. the momentum is building going into Election Day. So I'll say that's, that's a strong suggestion of where we're going. We just need them to come out and vote. You just got to show up. Got to show up. And one thing that, if I remember correct, I believe I read this, you put some of your own money up for your campaign. I did. I believe in it. Yeah. That's so, how it is. So, you know, yeah. that's, that shows a lot yeah. because a lot of people would – we're in a big generation of let me use somebody else's mm -hmm. money instead of my own. Right. And me working in the music side of it, one of my main things is, are you willing to invest in yourself? Because exactly. if you're not willing to put in, invest in yourself, why should I why invest should in Why should I? Yeah. So I, I saw that and I was like, yep. that's what's up. Yep. So from the beginning, you know, we to get you beyond all that, having to, can we get some money? Can we get some money? Put it up. Let's go. Let's run it. Mm -hmm. You know, we started this back in October. Mm -hmm. Let's get the signs out there. Let's get to talking to people. Let's get to the real meat of get meeting voters at their doors. I don't care about sitting around and being beholden to people or talking. You know, <laughs> let's go. Let's get it off the ground. And on top of that, he didn't spend none of his money. Yeah, we we we, we are stayed on budget. <laughs> <laughs> she spent two thousand hers. Shopping. We stayed on budget, <laughs> which is very important. Yeah, yeah that's very important. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, let's let's revert back to the justice system. You, do you think the justice system is fair, as far as I, I'm just saying, just cross the lines. Period. Mm -hmm. Do you think it's fair? Generally, yes. The law is written fair. It is a it is applied unfairly. That's what sometimes. I was trying to get to. Yeah, right. I and love that statement. Yeah, and I will cite you to a recent study. Uh, and speaking of just how it, things are going in Tennessee, I think Tennessee published a. Uh, a report late last year, so December 2000, 2021, about how fines and court costs are assessed across the state of Tennessee. Mm -hmm. And what they found is that from county to county, judge to judge, you know, city to city, um, whether or not you are put on a payment plan and able to afford your court costs and fines determines who the judge you sat in front of or you stood in front of was. <laughs> so I can go up to Bradley County, and it might be, you know, 
no, you know, you don't get a payment plan, whatever. I come down to Hamilton County and I might get a payment plan. I might go to Ray County and I might not get a payment mm-hmm. plan. So the law for the state of Tennessee says you are to assess a person's ability to pay court costs and fines. That's what the law says. But in practice, if I go to court, it all depends on what judge I'm standing in front of. And so, there's a strong correlation to suggest that, obviously, the more rural areas, the law is not followed. Mm-hmm. In the it's more not. liberal blue areas, so Davidson County, Hamilton County, it's followed more. Mm-hmm. But that still can be subjective from city court to criminal court. So how do we fix that? You vote for your judges. <laughs> <laughs> you vote for your judges. I'm going to keep asking that question. How do we fix this stuff? And y'all got to pay attention to these little nuggets. You either have to check out these folks you sent in to Nashville or you go and vote in your local elections and realize who you put in office over you when it's time to do that stuff. Yep. Just remember that. When y'all sitting at home eating bonbons and looking at the local election returns <laughs> on, on May the 3rd. May 3rd. And it's 20% here and the county, like you said, the population is 180,000. Mm-hmm. We only got 20% of the votes in and 500 of them. I seen a, a, a election result. It was like 140 something to like 130. Yeah. Yeah. For some office. I ain't gonna say the office was stupid, but it was an office. And I'm like, ain't nobody showing up. It's more people on one street than that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you get more people in the subdivision than you can. Yep. It's crazy. I just need y'all to go out and vote. I'm gonna keep hyping on this. You've been go. big on that for a I've been big on this yeah. since day one. Go vote. It matters. Yep. You it might not count in the in the national elections that you think of because mm-hmm. you already think that it's been predetermined and predestined or whatever because this that and the other and so forth and so on. It matters here in the local. Yeah. City. No strings getting pulled here. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. So with all that being said, uh, tell us why we should vote for you. Because I understand people uh, more so than any other court in Hamilton County or in Chattanooga. You need a judge who understands, first, what marginalized communities go through. Mm-hmm. Second, who understands the law and how to interpret the law. And third, how to apply both the, uh, how to apply the law to both meet the needs of the community and the individual. You can only get that experience from actually working with these populations directly, from actually knowing what this does to a community when mm-hmm. a person can't pay court costs and fines how that will affect the rest of their lives, how will it affect the, the city as a whole. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't even go into it. Once you can't pay court costs and fines, that increases oftentimes your likelihood to commit more crime. Mm-hmm. You know, things are expensive. So what they call the strain theory where when I can't pay court costs and fines or I can't afford certain things, I might go steal something. I might knock somebody over the head. I might knock somebody over the head for it. Yeah. And that can start at city court. And if I think back as a judge's, you know, if I had put that person on a payment plan or, you know, did away with the fine or the court costs, mm-hmm. could we have prevented something greater than what occurred here? Correct. So you need a judge who first understands that. Mm-hmm. So that, that again, so you don't have lawyers who practice in city court largely. So you need somebody who's able to operate and communicate with the public directly mm-hmm. so that they understand their rights, so that they understand what they need to do uh, as citizens, mm-hmm. and so that they understand that this is a system that is open to them, that it is meant to improve their lives. Mm-hmm. You know, city court is not, it doesn't handle big felonies. It doesn't handle murder cases. It handles the property issues for your grandmama who can't afford to, <laughs> to you know, to pick the weeds up out yep. of the property. She might get a ticket for it. You want a judge who says, what am I going to find $500 for? 
you know, hey, let me connect you with this organization over here to help you get the property cleaned up so that you can stay in your house. Alternative sentencing. That's exactly right. And so that's what I want to do with the court. Uh, I want to make it use it as a hub for the resources in, in the city. You only know about those resources if you're going out into the community connecting with folks. That is correct. If you know where to go uh, if somebody is experiencing homelessness and they get a trespassing citation for sleeping outside of a building downtown. You know, I, yeah, go call a homeless coalition. Go call mm-hmm. the uh, the homeless office in the in the mayor's office. Um, go reach out to these organizations. I'm not going to assess a court cost and fine against you because that makes no sense. Yeah. But so you need a judge who understands these types of things and who can do what's best for the community. And that's me. You know, we don't have uh, the judge currently sitting has not experienced that. Um, and so. Never mind. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I will say that objectively. Right. Um, she has not worked. That's not her background. Right. Um, she has not seen that. And I've talked to defendants and people who have been cited, and I talked to lawyers who sometimes practice in there. Mm-hmm. And they, they call it assembly line justice. You go before the court right now, and there is no assessment. They don't care. It is, don't, you pay the court costs and fine. You can't pay the court costs and fine. Give me your license. Yep. Um, and that's just, it's so routine. And mm-hmm. it should not be routine. The application of the law shouldn't be routine. You are messing with people's real life. Mm-hmm. It's not a routine activity for me to not be able to drive. Right. Um, so these are the types of things that you want in a judge. And I want you to, I want people to think carefully about that. Mm-hmm. Look at my background. Listen to what I'm saying today. Listen to what I've said for years about how we should be using our system innovatively to improve lives. So that's why you should vote for me. Uh, I want to do what's best for the people and for the city of Chattanooga. And there you have it. Brian Bush. Coming to us, Men Talk To Podcast, laying it all out on the line, telling y'all why he's the guy, and I agree with him, and we will endorse him, even though we ain't got nothing to I appreciate. put out there. But we endorse you because you are of the people. I appreciate Plain that. and simple. I mean, it's, it's, it, it's, it, it makes sense to me that somebody that looks like us, that talks like us, that's been in our shoes, would be the one that be actually in a position of power to regulate and say yes no so forth and so on so with all that being said i appreciate you coming by man it's been lovely talking to you thank you for having me and 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 actually getting some insight because i didn't know you i'm gonna be honest i didn't know who you were i saw your signs all over the city but i was like don't know yeah Yeah, i I told him i was like man we gotta talk to this dude yeah (laughs) i appreciate like like he cool i think yeah. And you see more signs are popping up every day now yeah. since it's getting closer to the election time. Yep. And once again, the election is May 3rd is election day. Early voting is April 13th to the 28th. The deadline to register to vote is April 4th, so Monday. Monday is the last day you got the early vote. So please go register. Yes, register. First. Like that. Yes. Monday morning. Go well, register. I, I, if I'm not mistaken, they can get you in there. No, 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 no. You have to be registered. Mm-hmm. That's right. You have yeah. to be registered. Yeah, be registered. That's right. That's right. Okay, cool. So now that now that y'all know all that, go vote. Go vote. That's it. Y'all be good, be safe, and we're gonna holler at you next week. <laughs>